Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. So before we start this week's episode of Millennial, we wanted to take a moment to address the events last week in Ankara and Istanbul, and most recently the bombings in Brussels on Tuesday. At this point, we know around 80 people were killed between these three attacks, leaving hundreds injured. Although we are the type of show that likes to hashtag our own name, we're not the type of people to offer hashtag thoughts and prayers, so we wanted to say this instead. We are encouraging everyone to make financial contributions to the Belgian and Turkish Red Crosses, to which we will provide links in our show notes this week. If you are unable to provide monetary assistance, we encourage you to give your time to your community because volunteering to better your community ultimately serves the purpose of making the world a better place. We must do this because above all, we cannot allow for our humanity and our compassion to be taken from us. We cannot afford to throw our arms up and give our world up for lost. Anger and fear are natural reactions to events such as these, but we can't allow for our compassion to become lost in the shuffle of our grief and emotions. The first question we should be asking ourselves after the initial shock has subsided is, how can I help? And take heart in knowing that compassion cannot be taken from us as long as we remain unwilling to surrender it. Now, Andrew, let's hear that music. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial Season 2, Episode 11. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. Well, we had to start off on a serious note. Laura nicely said. Thank you. Uh, it was beautiful. Elisa is not here this week, unfortunately, but that's okay. We can do it without her. <laughs> I'm feeling... Uh, Our hearts will go on. Yeah. I- I'm feeling a little sleepy this this week, I gotta admit. I, um, I've been Busy recently... Week? At war with my upstairs neighbors. You guys, well, Laura, you don't. Do you have an upstairs neighbor, Matt, right now? Yeah, I do. And actually, he's pretty loud, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I had some kids. I had a mom and and two young, young, like, gosh, three or four and younger uh, move in a month and a half ago. And these effing people, the effing mother lets her children run around in the house on hardwood floors non-stop i don't mind a little you know running down the hallway once and then you don't hear it for like another hour i'm talking about constant this effing mom i'm sorry i'm so fed up with her she let her kids ride rollerblades on a hardwood floor with people below you effing ridiculous my boyfriend mike went upstairs to 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 lecture her we didn't know what that noise was at first He goes upstairs, sees the kid riding around with rollerblades indoors on hardwood floors. It's like, are you effing kidding me? Oh, man, that's really bad for the floor, too. Yeah, yeah, and bad for my ears. 
And I told Andrew that what he and Mike should do is take their dog upstairs and let their dog shit like right in front of their door. I'm seriously getting to this point because the past two nights, these freaking brats have been running around at night. I'm talking about 10 30, 11 o'clock. Now, that's not late for some people, but that's late for Andy. Andy's trying to get to sleep around <laughs> that time. And I have stood up on my bed and pounded on the ceiling multiple times. I know they can hear it and nothing. So I'm trying to escalate this war. I, um, I am taking, I am seriously considering the putting the poop on the, on the doorstep. I am also very soon going to tape my little boombox to their ceiling and play the dirtiest playlist I can find on Spotify for a good half hour to really send a nice thumping, uh, inappropriate message to the children. Cause I'm just, I'm just, I'm just sick of it. Well, have, I mean, what is the mom, what's the mom's stance on all this? Well, when Mike went upstairs and spoke to her, she was like, oh, we'll keep it down. And she hasn't. And she clearly hasn't gotten in multiple hints. So anyway, um, I just wanted to apologize for, um, my anger on this episode. Oh. This reminds me of the time when Andrew, you and I lived together and we had that cat lady neighbor next door to our apartment. Yeah. And she would uh, really early on when we moved in, I think I was watching something on TV. It was the Wizard of Oz. I hear a knock on the door. I go to the door, open it, and it was it was her. And she like had her 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 head down, hunched over, kind of like trying to be passive aggressive. She's like, "Hey, could you turn the the volume down? Because I can hear it in my apartment." Yeah, she and would, she would never like anything loud because she yeah because she didn't have a TV. She didn't even have anything on. She's always right. either playing with her cat or or Knitting. sewing or doing something. And so obviously she can hear anything. Yeah. Fuck if I yeah, yeah. if if I if I had Chipotle and I had to go to the bathroom, like she would hear that. <laughs> Yeah, she uh, she didn't she um, yeah, and then the she would co- on us. and then she would come back like for future complaints, and she would just look at us like we'd open the door and she'd just stare like not even say anything. Mm-hmm. The like, hell? Okay, yeah. message received. So anyway, anyway, <laughs> if, if anybody has any tips for how I can escalate this war, I would appreciate it because I'm I'm getting close to to World War Three over here. Well, make sure you blog about it. I want to see the video. I might. The yeah, demon. maybe I'll vlog a video of me dumping my dog's poop on their doorstep. <laughs> no, it can't be your dog's. It's got to be yours. I was going to say, if you want to further escalate it, drop trow and take the shit yourself. Uh, and smile. Do they have like a really cute little welcome mat? I don't know. I haven't been up there yet. Okay. I'll, maybe well, I'll you should shit on that. On <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll bring my own welcome mat upstairs and, and leave it there with, with a big pile of poop on it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we have a few announcements here, then we're going to get into an extended edition of Quickfire News, and then we have a confessional, an AP choice, and of course, surprise, bitch, so lots to get to today. Matt, yeah. why don't you uh, kick yeah. us off? Sure thing. So our first announcement is uh, next week, we will be conducting our first interview of the season. Uh, if you guys remember back on our season premiere episode, we said that we were going to be doing more uh, AMA, Ask Me Anything styled interviews, and... To kick that off, our first guest is going to be Liz McGee. Now, Liz is a 20-something stand-up comedian in New York City. We are all very excited to have her on the show for a number of reasons, uh, such as asking her questions, uh, asking her opinions on recent social justice movements, how and how that's affected her, her career recently, uh, how being a woman trying to break into a fam- famously male-dominated career field as well. And also, we're very interested in questions that you guys have as well. Um, 
once this episode is released, we will be posting a thread in the Millennial Facebook group where you guys can submit your questions for Liz, and we will read them on the next episode, which she will be on. Cool. So I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Uh, this is actually going to be, I, I think, a really interesting take on like another side of how people are dealing with the whole like sh- social justice warriors, uh, how things get a little bit tabooed and censored and, you know, just how how everything is changing and how it's affecting everybody. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. All right. Well, today, Wednesday, March 23rd, is the last day to pre-order millennial T-shirts If you buy your shirt while our pre-order period is still open, you'll get a 25% discount on your shirt if you're a patron. And if you're not already a patron, you'll get two weeks of access to our bonus content. Also, a few of the t-shirts are going to be shipped with a special golden ticket. The ticket itself is going to be a very cool surprise for those of you who receive it. But the real surprise is what the ticket means. We'll share more details on that later, but for now, we'll just say that the ticket recipients will get their opportunity to leave their mark on the show. So if you haven't gotten a chance, check out the t-shirts. There are links all over our social media, as well as in our show notes. Do not miss out on these sexy motherfucking shirts. And (laughs) speaking of cool things, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Andrew, I think you also have a Patreon update, don't you? Yeah, so our Millennial Goes to the Movies poll is now closed. The winner is Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. We will be recording our movie commentary in the next couple of weeks once we find uh, 12 free hours to watch the whole movie. Is that how long it is? So, uh, and we'll, we plan on having that commentary out by the end of April. And thank you to everybody who voted in the poll. We hope you enjoy that commentary that will be coming soon to our Patreon. Yeah, I'm awesome. excited for this too. I uh I I don't know. It's like it's between the two movies, Titanic and Fellowship of the Ring, I think both actually would have would be, you know, pretty entertaining, but I, I'm kind of excited about this. Lord I wanted of the Rings Titanic. Is a better choice for us. <laughs> I think Titanic would have been more would have been more crass humor. So, yeah. maybe we could do two, who knows. Matt. No. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we might do another one later <laughs> i'll say this about titanic i don't think i've ever watched the movie in full because the one time i what? did i was watching with my parents and like our friends and my dad who's like who used to be like super protective of what we watch he made uh, uh another dad fast forward through all the you know like dirty scenes where you see boobies and stuff <laughs> It was so ridiculous. It's beautiful. Oh. There's a piano playing and everything. You know, I, I actually get less and less surprised when you tell me you haven't seen a movie that you should have seen. Yeah. Because you hadn't seen Star Wars. I, have you have you seen Lord of the Rings yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched those before The Hobbit, I think. Or no, it was it was more recent than that, like the third. Yeah, Hobbit. I thought it was recent. And yeah. But yeah, yeah so, and... so this will be my second time watching Fellowship. Mm. Mm-hmm. Your second time watching Frodo bitch about the ring <laughs> and cry. <laughs> I don't know what the ring is, but well, let's move on. All right. Well, speaking of <laughs> things that Andrew should check out, I wanted to give a quick plug to the Millennial Book Club, 359 members strong and counting. We are currently reading Ready Player One by Ernest Klein this month, and there is still time to join book. up. And participate in the discussion if you haven't already. Uh, so you can go to our Goodreads page. We'll link to in the show notes. 
Um, and you can watch last month's Google Hangout about Devil in the White City. It was super awesome. We had some listeners join us and we had a really great discussion. You could take part in that this month, too. So definitely check that out. That's one you'll definitely want to read because it's going to be a movie being released March 2018, mm-hmm. directed by Spielberg. Mm-hmm. So, so was the other movie the, or the other book that we did. That's going to be by Devil in the White City. Yeah, that's going yeah. to be a Martin Scorsese movie with Leo DiCaprio, and this one's going to be with. Wait, who is Leo DiCaprio playing in that? Is he H. H. Holmes? Yes. Fucking yeah! Oh my god, I'm so excited. Anyway, continue. I know I'm like I'm like halfway through the book, so so good. I yeah. All right, it's time for quick fire news. <laughs> quick fire news. Quick fire news. Hey everybody, it's time for quick fire news. So let's start off. I don't know if we ever talked about this when they when the Treasury first announced it, but they announced about a year ago, I think it was, that they wanted to put somebody new on the $10 bill. They started a hashtag, the new 10, I believe it was, where people could nominate, and they were trying mm-hmm. to get a woman. Um, and they want, so they wanted the public's feedback on that. And there, there, there was a fun debate on the internet about who should, uh, replace, um, Hamilton on the $10 bill. Well, now Hamilton creator, Hamilton, the musical creator, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's become very well known over the past few months and year or two as, as Hamilton has just exploded on Broadway. Um, he, he visited Washington last week. And in addition to meeting with President Obama, who he freestyled with, by the way, he also revealed that he met with Treasury Secretary Jacob Liu and asked about Hamilton being on the $10 bill. And according to Lin-Manuel, Jacob Liu said that he he's going to be very happy about the, the decision they've made about Alexander Hamilton and the $10 bill, which seems to suggest that Hamilton is going to stay on the $10 bill, after all. And Lin-Manuel is kind of taking credit for this, being like, well, you know, why is he staying on? Well, probably because my musical is so damn popular right now. And I have to agree. I mean, the $10 bill is not the best choice uh, in terms of finding a new person for for a bill. That would go to Andrew Jackson on the 20, I would think, right? Uh, Yeah. Probably. Mr. Racist. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, that was something that I always wondered when this story originally hit the news last year. I was like, why are we booting Hamilton? Yeah. Let's get rid of Jackson. Yeah, that's what it was. It was Jackson on the 20. Yeah, exactly. Let's boot Jackson and replace him with some badass woman. Yeah. So it seems like they're going to at least like maybe have a picture of him on the $10 bill still, at, at the least. That's the impression I'm getting from the Treasury Department statement after Lin-Manuel broke this news. So we'll see. But I uh, I don't think anything's happening with the 20 right now. But something is definitely happening with the 10 at some point. And we still don't know why, but okay. <laughs> I mean... This was something that kind of bothered me last year, though, was when they they did talk about this rumor that they were going to leave Hamilton on the 10 and make him share it with whatever female icon was chosen. And I was like, wow, that is so that's such a good example of what this country is when we talk about, you know, the the progressive nature of recognizing women's roles in things. We say, 
She Let's needs make a man. you share it with a man. Exactly. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? Come on. Well, that's like a millennial. You guys, you and Elisa wanted to start a, start this podcast, and Matt and I stepped in and we said no. Two women can't do a podcast on their own. Mm-hmm. And then we said, Andy, okay, this you can was all your it. idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was anyway. It was my oh. idea for you two to do a podcast, and then I realized you need men. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, don't anyway, blame us. Annoyed, it's the world I, we live in. Have I annoyed everybody yet? Yeah, okay, we're hardly men. We've still got a whole show to do that. Next story. Should I pr- play the birthday song for Twitter? Sure. Twitter has turned ten years old. They launched in March two thousand and six, and on Monday there's a whole big celebration going on on Twitter. But it comes kind of amidst controversy. Uh, just last week, Twitter announced that timelines are now out of order by default. Have you guys run into this yet? No. No, I, actually. I don't use Twitter that often anymore, honestly. Oh, okay. Well, if, 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 if you use it, uh, whether it's the app or the website, tweets are now out of order. You can opt out. It's, so it's basically like Facebook now, where Facebook decides with their algorithm what tweets they're going to show you. Um, and it came in just a week after Instagram announced that they were putting their posts in the feed out of order. But Instagram's isn't optional. They're forcing that on everybody. It hasn't launched yet, but it, it will be coming soon, which is a little frustrating, especially for Twitter, because Twitter is always about real time. Mm-hmm. So for them to make this out of order stuff, the, the default, it defeats the purpose of Twitter. It's like you're going to accidentally read spoilers. It's going to be harder to live blog. It, or, or live tweet TV shows that you're watching is just weird. So, mm-hmm. Andrew, can you explain to me what about it is out of order? Because I'm looking at mine right now, and I'm not seeing that it's out of order. It may, yeah, you know what? I, I do. I have on my on my desktop. I don't see anything wrong with it. But when I go on the mobile app, it's it, it does have like this is the stuff that you missed and. And then I, but it's also kind of miscombobulated where then I also see some shit from like eight, 18 hours ago. And then I see yeah. something from two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it may not be rolled out to a hundred percent of people yet, but it okay. is coming and they are, they are, it is going to be opt in by default. Originally it was opt, opt, uh, sorry. Originally it was opt in a few weeks ago. Now it's going to be opt out. Why they're doing this is still not totally clear. They claim, oh, we want to make sure you're seeing the best stuff. But it probably has to do with making sure you see ads and b- right. a better experience for everybody. Because to a new person, I, I can imagine it's overwhelming to follow a bunch of accounts and then be like, oh, mm-hmm. wow, this is a lot of information coming in. I can't keep up. See, um, I hate this, though, because this totally ruins live tweeting. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and they were also considering dropping the 140 character limit. They leaked that themselves. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, but thank God. They do that, I'm out. They they announced uh, a couple days ago in an interview on the Today Show that that is not going to be happening. They decided against it. That would have been so dumb. Oh, my God. Every time I see somebody who, like, posts a screen cap of something they wrote in their notes app, I'm like, no. Right. That goes on Facebook. You're doing it wrong. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. You are tweeting wrong. I'm really passionate about this, as you can tell. Yeah, you're tweeting final point real quick the twitter ceo when he hinted that they were working on this he was like he said verbatim what if text was actually text and not screenshots 
<laughs> like you just referenced. It's like, well, you know, calling text text is not like that grand of an idea. You're missing the point of Twitter. Right. Oh, Lord. All right. Well, for our next story, just when you thought Georgia was that one Bible Belt state that had some potential, <laughs> our General Assembly passed House Bill 757 last week, which would ban the state from penalizing faith-based organizations that act in the name of religion to turn away people seeking charitable services or employment. Our esteemed governor, Nathan Deal, could veto the bill in April, and he might be persuaded to because the NFL has warned that legislation which acts as a vehicle for LGBT discrimination could affect Atlanta's chances of hosting the Super Bowl in the future. So now all the good old boys down here are being forced to choose which time-honored tradition they love more. Three hours and 45 minutes of guys with concussions walking around a football field between 15 minutes of actual playtime? Or hating the gays. <laughs> I'm going with hating the gays. You think they're going to go for hating the gays? Uh, yeah. That's more important like, than football. I feel like there's a lot of pressure there to, to, to hate the gays there in the South. No? Well, what's the vibe you're getting? You live down there. Well, yeah. And so here's the thing. Especially if you're in the metro area, like Atlanta Metro, you're not going to run into that as much. I mean, it's mm -hmm. the same in any kind of urban area people tend to be a lot more liberal atlanta always votes blue the reason georgia is a red state is because the rest of the state is red and not <laughs> enough people in atlanta get out and vote if right. everybody in atlanta would fucking vote this would be a blue state because mm. that's where most of our population is the problem yeah. is that we are allowing these assholes to be the majority you know, we're giving them the majority voice if people here would just stand the fuck up and speak they wouldn't get nearly as much airtime and they wouldn't be able to mm -hmm. do as much shit like this. But the great thing is that we have several Atlanta based companies that are saying, no, fuck this. We will leave. Yeah. yeah. If this passes, we are gone. Yeah. And that's good. I, I think I can't cite specific examples, but I'm pretty sure that's happened before. Right. Where there's been proposals for something like this to happen, where it's where there's clear discrimination happening, and then businesses are like, "Peace out, guys! If you pass this, don't even try it." Yeah, yeah this but the in... Super Bowl though is a big deal too that that they have to put into consideration. Well, it's, right. it's it would be a big deal for the state because it brings in a lot of money. Of course, it, it looks good for Atlanta. Right, and they Atlanta. have to look good for uh, the entire country. And one last point that I'd like to make on that is. Our state is currently spending a shit ton of money building a new stadium for our football team over in Cobb County. So the prospect of losing the Super Bowl, something that would bring in so much revenue, is probably making them shit their pants. Yeah. So my hope is that if their conscience doesn't get the better of them, that their wallet will. Good on the NFL for for threatening. This. I know, I like right? <laughs> I You know what? I have never been a huge fan of the NFL, but... Good on you guys. Yeah. Nice. All right. So our next quick uh, news story. So for those of you who are not fans of building up walls and tend to tear them down, this past Sunday, President Obama actually made a historic first official visit to Cuba. This actually marks the first official visit of a U.S. president since Calvin Coolidge in 1928, which was 88 years ago. 
during his visit, he will be touring Old Havana. Uh, he's going to meet with Cardinal Jaime Ortega, who was the Cuban clergyman who actually played a back-channel role in Obama's negotiations with the government. And he's going to attend a game with the Cuban leader Raul Castro, and is going to deliver also a speech on the Cuban people later on this week. Now, this this visit... It sounds just like a normal state visit that you hear all the time. But the fact that, you know, in the long run of U.S.-Cuban relations, it's actually pretty amazing. It's stunning, actually. Uh, Obama, though, still has not ended the American embargo on Cuba because only Congress can do that. I didn't actually know that until I, I read up on the story. So we'll see how that goes. But but he has rather uh, relaxed specific trade barriers. He's... um. What he's, but he's gonna, what he's trying to do in Cuba right now, he's going to try and uh, successfully change the American diplomatic approach that underpins the embargo. So he's, instead of treating Cuba like North Korea or Iran, he's gonna treat it as a state that we can actually negotiate with. So yeah, I think it's amazing that we're doing this. I know. Uh, well, I actually see. watched the president's speech, um, that he gave on Tuesday and mm-hmm. it was awesome he basically got up there on the stage and he was like i am here to bury the cold war that shit is behind us that is our you know our parents and our grandparents fight that's not our fight Mm -hmm. so let's just fucking you know tear down the walls and party bitches i think it's a really great moment because after what we've been seeing on the news and media, especially with Trump building this fucking wall and everything, like this is, like I said earlier, like this is breaking down walls. This is actually increasing our relations with other countries, especially with a country that is like 90 miles from ours. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. And we've already seen a 77% increase of Americans visiting Cuba in this, this past year. And it's going to, you know, it's more likely going to increase once we get more airlines opening up direct flights there. Mm-hmm. For, and this is ridiculous. But what's really funny that I found out is that Airbnb is already in Cuba. Fuck yeah. Good. I know they are because I was looking. You I'm were? Totally, yeah, I'm totally going to go. Mm-hmm. Is Hotwire there? I like Hotwire and Hotels.com. Uh, if if they're not, they will be. I'm sure. <laughs> they're best Western available for tonight. <laughs> My only hope is I really do want to get down there before they totally Americanize it and like open yeah, the first TGI really Fridays commercial. Havana. You know, I really, I really want to <laughs> see it before we go in and fuck it up. What if know? they have we Cuban cigars else. at the TGI Fridays Havana? Would you go there? I I have smoked Cuban cigars and they are awesome. <laughs> So yes, I would. You were in Costa Rica, right? I did. So yeah, yeah. I had I had a couple of friends who went to Cuba when I was living there and they brought back Cuban cigars and holy shit, they were amazing. Well, hopefully we can talk about the story more throughout. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I had a whole bunch of notes that I was going to talk about. Then I realized we only had a few minutes. So all right. So moving on. So on Wednesday, the president unveiled his pick for the newest member of the Supreme Court, uh, Chief Judge Merrick Garland is his name. Now, Garland is an experienced moderate. He is well-respected by both sides of the aisle, both liberals and conservatives. So, you know, you'd think having a well-respected moderate judge would probably sway the Republicans on the Senate's vow not to confirm any of Obama's nominations to the Supreme Court. But (laughs) you would think wrong. Um, majority leader are one of our favorite little Ninja Turtles, Mitch McConnell stated the decision. Oh, sorry. 
the decision that the Senate made weeks ago remains about a principle and not a person. So the statement's been it, echoed I mean, throughout it would all look, these senators, too. It so. would look pretty bad if they were to change their minds about what they said previously. And, and yeah, they like the disagreeing is, with Obama. So this is still a good fit for them. <laughs> but their argument is about principle. And they just recently, too, this week, have been starting to throw around the lame duck president and the Biden rule, which is um, hilarious. Now, when they say the Biden rule, they mean that uh, like in the early 90s, uh, Vice President uh, Joe Biden, who was in the Senate at that time, was saying that uh, President Bush should not uh, nominate a, a Supreme Court leader until uh, the next president or uh, or if he were to choose. I mean, good in the modern- 2000s. Was it in two thousands? I thought it was in the late in the, in the nineties. No, Clinton was president in the nineties. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, in in the in the so Bush Senior would have been yeah. It was yeah, it was Bush. Okay. Um, but he but what he did say though is that he would be open to a moderate, and I think that's what a lot of Republicans are actually trying to like keep under the rug is that they just don't want anyone. Period. And they've been throwing around the word lame duck president by Obama, which actually isn't. He's not even a lame duck president yet. A lame, the lame duck area is between November and January, and we got a full like you can have a child until he becomes a lame, a lame duck president. So, well, I mean, even if even if uh, Antonin Scalia died in November, he probably should still nominate a, a new justice right. because but that argument because that's in the Constitution, right? It's right. your fucking job, right? But but. But Laura, I think even you must admit that Biden is uh, kind of shouldn't really be getting into this debate here because he himself said something very right. similar. No, but, and and the thing and that we hasn't. need that we need to recognize is that Democrats, not just Biden, but Democrats as a whole, have done this in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have brought up this whole idea that well, tradition states that we shouldn't be nominating a justice during the last during an election year, and that's fucking bullshit. No matter who says it, it's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no look, one yeah, it doesn't it, make you right if it's the party that you you are a part of. Right. It also seems increasingly likely that that Trump's going to get the nomination unless there's the the broker convention. So, yeah, I hear it. Just making sure. <laughs> Just making sure it, that you I, I heard it you, get closer. You you know <laughs> you know it's time to shut the fuck up. All right. So, in other news, SeaWorld announced last week that it is ending its captive breeding program of orca whales and will instead transition to a model focused on rehabilitation of whales unable to live in the wild. All the whales currently in SeaWorld's charge will live out their lives in the theme parks because successful reintroduction of orcas into the wild is very rare. So it sounds like SeaWorld is trying to strike the right balance between whale circus shows and the disaster that was actually freeing Willie. Um, and speaking of the shows, they're also announcing that they will be phasing out their theatrical shows. So, guys, we talked about this on a much earlier episode. And if I recall correctly, we said that doing something like this would have been the right answer. Do y'all think SeaWorld is taking a step in the right direction? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I do think, yeah, I do think it's a step in the right direction. I just am always very hesitant with any decision that this company makes. Well, at this point, I don't think really there's anything else they can do. They can't re-release the the whales that they no, they, they can't they mm-hmm. raised and are captured. 
I don't do the, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. So they can't re release them into the wild because they wouldn't be able to survive out there. Um, and they're not going to breed new whales. So now these orca whales that are there, that'll be it. Once they die, mm-hmm. that, that, that's it. Good, goodbye yep. orca whales totally. And the company is hemorrhaging money right now. Mm-hmm. Like their stocks are nose diving. They, I mean, they're not stupid. They know that really the only way that they can try to salvage their company is to, you know, just to accept what the public is saying about them and Start then try to on. try to fix it yeah makes well, some attractions mm-hmm. i think a big part of the problem is they ignored the the court of public opinion for so long mm-hmm. that it even if they hadn't been doing anything wrong they would still be fucked you know what right. i mean because they just ignored it for so long i do think this is really a step in the right direction i am all about places um, participating in conservation and rehabilitation efforts. I think that this is a really good opportunity for SeaWorld to say, hey, we're still going to have whales here, but they're going to be whales that were injured in the wild and wouldn't have survived out there. So we've got them here now. We're not going to make them balance little inflatable balls on their noses or anything. Right. Do we're tricks. just going to take care of them and give them the attention that they need. Yeah. So that they so- can live a, a full life, you know? I I so, love orca whales. I've loved them since Free Willy. I I still love SeaWorld. I haven't been in so long. I I actually do want to go back. Although I probably wouldn't mm-hmm. Facebook about it cuz people would just give me shit. I would be very curious to see after this this phases into like their their new like concept what the, what the park like, fully, is like once... what the park will fully look like because yeah. I would like to see like a sanctuary because SeaWorld mm-hmm. is a really good location. It's it has a really big uh property and I think that it could look really amazing if they continue like this. They're building bigger tanks, so that'll be cool to see. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's quick fire news. Let's move on now to the confessionable. C- confessionable. 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 That's my new site right. I'm launching. The secret's out. <laughs> oh. All right, so here's our first confessional. I kind of feel embarrassed typing this, but I need to get it off my chest. I'm 26 years old, and I still live at home with my mom. Since graduating from college, I haven't been able to find work above part-time level, and now that I'm in a master's program, I definitely cannot work above part-time between classwork and clinical time. Uh, I feel like I'm a letdown because many, sometimes it feels like all people my age are on their own. I thought that at age 26, I would be more successful than I am, and I feel sad and that I don't even have my own place yet. That's sad. well, a, a running theme that I think has been on this show is that you have to remember that um, a lot of people are going through the same situation as you are. A lot of people feel similarly lost career-wise. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you can say it will get better. And I know it, it sounds cliche to say, but I I really think it does get better in time once you, for example, you said you're going through a master's program right now. So... During that experience, you may feel inspired to uh, take your career a certain way or apply to certain jobs. You know, these opportunities naturally come up as you move on through life. But I would not compare yourself to others. And this is actually something I've been reading about lately because it's a very fascinating topic. In fact, Mm -hmm. one book I haven't started reading yet, but I've heard about You guys probably have too. Furiously Happy. By Jenny I have Lawson. No, I'm not. No, it's got you'd recognize the cover. It's got a, like a raccoon on it with a huge grin on his face. <laughs> huh. Anyway, it's a, it's a, it's it's um 
they call themselves a hysterical, ridiculous book about crippling depression and anxiety and, you know, how others mm-hmm. always seem to be furiously happy. Mm-hmm. I think also it's a kind of a natural thing to s- compare yourself to other people, especially when people are doing like better in your eyes, better than than you. Um, you know, like when when you think back at things like you remember only the good the good times good memories but also when you're doing something right now you are very receptive to people who are like very successful at what they do and especially if that is a main focus that you're focusing on right now which is you know your master's program and your career so naturally you will compare yourself to other people and the ones that stick the most are the people who are you know really succeeding at it and then then you start to feel upset or anxiety ridden or even depressed that you are not at the level that that person is which you will uh will see that as the level that you should be at yeah i mean i would just like to echo the sentiment that we really need to try hard not to compare ourselves to other people, primarily because other people are not talking about the bad shit that's going on in their lives. So like all this great stuff that you see on their social media, we just bought a house, we just got married, we're pregnant, like all of this stuff is only the good stuff. That's all they're sharing with you. Mm-hmm. So that's all you're seeing. Right. So not everybody has a perfect life. Not everybody has it all together. Some people are just better at making it look that way. Um, And I would say, you know, yeah, they may have all these things, but you're going to come out with a master's degree, which is something that not all of those people have. So I've definitely Mm -hmm. had this discussion with a friend of mine recently, actually, who like to me, it kind of feels like she has her life more together than I do. I'm 27. I moved back home with my parents to get on my feet after my master's. And I was telling her all this and she was like, man, I don't know what you're complaining about. I would kill to have a master's degree. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's really just all about that perspective. Definitely Mm -hmm. do not get down on yourself about it because there's nothing wrong with it you hit on something that i agree with too people kind of use social media as a highlight reel Mm -hmm. they're not posting Mm -hmm. about getting back to the house and child examples they're not posting about all the problems that came with the house or the fact that the baby keeps them up for you know all night long stuff like that living at home with your family no matter if it's your parents your siblings your aunt uncle grandmother like that is the whole stigma that you move away and get your own place is very Americanized. It's really only something that we have been ex- exposed to that rule in this country. In other countries, uh, South America, and especially in the Latin uh, countries, especially, they really, uh, they really have that sort of uh, com- like tradition where the family sticks stays together and passes you know generations and traditions within each generation of the family like that is that is the norm you are right that a lot of countries particularly in latin america um have more of a culture of living at home with your family until you get married and i like my host brother in costa rica when i was living down there he was 28 years old and he still wasn't married so he was living at home and He had a job and he contributed to the household. You know, he was a functional member of society and nobody really thought anything of it. Culturally, nobody looked at him and thought, oh, my God, you're a loser because they all did it, too. 
Mm -hmm. So I kind of just wish we would take that approach here as well, you know? I think we need more negativity on Facebook. I think this is a key (laughs) factor. I think it would be comforting to read about other people's problems more often. And um, I've actually had an idea for a site. I have no clue how I would do it. But just kind of like, I don't know. The, the, The premise of the site would just be to like, people can post the 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 truth or just people can just be honest i feel like there's not enough honesty on facebook um because yeah, like i said it's call a highlight it real you can call, call it, it gives, confessionable gives, gives me sad yeah, confessionable <laughs> <laughs> it gives me sad um i think a site that's gotten close to what i'm thinking of is is thought catalog they have some good opinion pieces there i think buzzfeed does some good stuff like that too but just a place where you can go and like i want to read about you know, let's say use this college or this confessional as an example. I want to read about people who are in my situation as well. If you hear these voices with with similar issues, I think you'll feel better about it because you you know that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So All next right. confession. Yes. So this one says, um, and actually before I intro it, let me explain what this is referring to. Um, on our episode of After Dark last week, we actually talked about PC culture on college campuses, specifically as it relates to the social justice warrior movement. Um, And we got a lot of feedback, but we wanted to share this confessional on the show because it's super important. And I think it kind of really captured what we were trying to talk about on After Dark last week. So it says, in relation to your college campus PC discussion, I am transitioning from female to male. And in college, I was in the transgender group. Near the end of my college career, we got a group of young social justice warriors in the group who decided that because I was on hormones, I had too much privilege and that I should not have a voice in the group anymore. They have policed my pronouns because I identify as male and not genderqueer, and they perceived that as giving up the fight to take on male privilege. They didn't like that I identified as gay because that meant I hated women so much that I decided not only to not be one, but that I wouldn't even fuck them. They flat out told me that my opinion did not matter because I could pass as male better than they could and that that put me on the quote other side. This is what put me off the PC movement because they were not only attacking non-trans people for not understanding the struggle, but attacking me for not being trans enough. I wanted to educate people rather than attack them. And that apparently made me the bad guy. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Depending on the level of the PC police, sometimes you just cannot win. It's just impossible. Mm -hmm. You really can't. And we're actually going to be discussing this a little bit further on After Dark. We got a lot of feedback. Um, I would say on both sides of, of the issue on this. Um, so we're going to be reading through some of that feedback, kind of digging into it, talking a little bit more about last week's discussion and maybe providing some more examples and some clarifications um, and seeing if any of us still feel the same way we felt last week or if we've um, changed our opinions a little bit. Yeah. So you'll have to tune in to find out. Thank you to both of these people who mm-hmm. shared these submissions. So we have an additional submission today. This is an AP choice from one of our $10 patron supporters. This is Anne asking another kind of life life topic. She writes, what do you do when you dis- dislike a friend of your partner? 
My boyfriend of two years recently reconnected with a friend that I have only spent a little time with but strongly dislike. This friend invited us to his house for a New Year's party, told us he would meet us at his house, and then didn't show up until 2 a.m. Then proceeded to do nothing but tell stories about my boyfriend's ex-girlfriends and partying days in front of me, and never once asked me a direct question or even looked me in the eye. My boyfriend apologized for this happening, but insisted that this was out of character for him and this that it is important to him that I try again to get to know this friend. So we tried to hang out this last weekend, and we invited him to spend the night. Again, after many calls and texts, he did not meet up with us until 2 a.m. We talked for about five minutes, and he bailed and didn't end up staying with us. And he couldn't remember my name. What do I do about this? They have been friends for a long time, and I get that shit happens to make social interactions weird, so I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, but how do I connect with someone who seems to have less than zero interest in getting to know me? How do I keep inviting to our place and make an effort if I'm going to feel blown off, belittled, and uncomfortable? So, and um, I, I asked her a couple follow-up questions, and she also told us that she has voiced her concerns to her boyfriend, and she's and he's still adamant about, you know, making this work out. But I wanted to ask you guys, did, did you, have you ever run into this problem where you don't like someone, someone who's related, who, who's good friends with your other half? Um, yes. I, yeah, I mean, I, there, there have been times. There are friends that, of, of my boyfriend that I don't necessarily would be friends with if it wasn't because he, he was friends with you know do you not like them do you like despise hanging out no i don't think i despise i don't think i despise really anybody because i don't allow myself to be around someone that i would despise that just doesn't seem like time well spent from from, on my part um well i guess and Anne's concern is that she kind of has to hang out with him because this guy's good friends with her boyfriend right but i also think like it is the boyfriend's job like th- th- this guy's job to if he does he has to know that like this person she she doesn't like to she doesn't like this guy's friend she doesn't like him after after more than occasions of them hanging out her opinion still holds the same and it should be his job then to to try to have a balance between the two. He shouldn't have to try to fight to keep them, uh, to get them to still be friends because that is, that will only grow more animosity on her part to his friend and possibly to her boyfriend because he is not really taking like her stance into consideration. I think um, the boyfriend, well, he is taking it into consideration, but I think he needs to at some point just finally cut it off. Be like, all right, this guy's clearly not working out with Anne, so screw him. Um, I, I, I with 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 my Michael, um, there was somebody who I didn't really like when we started dating. Just kind of a a a, a too big of a personality, too loud, too too much to handle, mm-hmm. and um. I didn't like him at first, but after a few more times hanging out, it probably it took several months um hanging out, I don't know, 5 6 7 times, I came around to him. So, and you can also potentially consider, you know, just getting used to this guy. Maybe you'll end up liking him once you once you guys spend more time together. I know you've mm-hmm. only spent a bunch, but I, just speaking from personal experience, I think um you can 
you it is possible to come around to certain people now i know some people can be total assholes forever and always but right you 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 sometimes those things can change you can get more used to that person's personality but i think it really i think for something like that to happen it has to happen on your terms too i don't think that having another like another party such as your boyfriend or Anne's boyfriend trying to push the friendship together will will really work because you're you you're doing it based off of trying to clash the two two parties together you know honestly i've been in this situation and i actually thought it was pretty easy to deal with um i had a boyfriend who had this one particular friend who was just fucking obnoxious and i couldn't stand the guy and I flat out, you know, I tried a couple times. I really did. I mean, I put in an effort because this was somebody who was a friend of my boyfriend and I really wanted to put forth the effort to try and have some kind of friendship with this person. Did not work out. I didn't like him. He didn't like me. And I got to the point where I was like, I mean, if you want to go hang out with, you know, douchebag, you go do it. Like hang out with him one night a week or whatever. I'm not going. Yeah, yeah. If I you think go, that's, you you have fun. <laughs> I mean, as long as he doesn't come home and behave like a dick, you know. Sometimes people act like an asshole if they've been hanging out with somebody who's an asshole. As long as that doesn't happen, I don't think there's a problem with it. Yeah, I think I think you're incredibly right. I think that's the appropriate position. If at some point you have to realize that, you know, we're just not going to be friends. I don't like them. They don't like me. Even e- even if it's not that way, if you do not really like a person then you have to take that that situation and run with it you know like have the have your boyfriend and his friend go out and hang out on their own i think it's time for uh your boyfriend will have to make a choice between uh, between the two of you yeah i i and and i <laughs> I, don't. I don't i don't i don't mean to speak poorly of your boyfriend but uh, he's got only one correct choice and that's with you and I don't think that's true. I mean, if this if this guy does prove ultimately to be a giant asshole, then yes, absolutely. But if he's just kind of a, a bit of a dick and you just don't particularly like being around him, but ultimately your boyfriend doesn't turn into some kind of monster when he's around him, let him have playdates every now and then. They need that. I mean, <laughs> like, they need so, that. like, no, seriously, sometimes no, yeah. for me, when I like when I was with this guy, there would be times where I would be like, can you literally get out of my life for like one night? Can you mm-hmm. please just like go out oh, and God, like yes. drag your knuckles and grunt and do all the man things that you need to do so that I can take a bubble bath in peace? Yeah, but but one big issue here I see, and I'm serious about this, is that this guy doesn't remember Anne's name like he's not trying in the slightest. And that happened twice. Seems yeah, crazy. No. He sounds like a bit of a dick, and he could turn out to be a huge asshole. So I would just say, find out if he's a huge asshole, and that's that's when you make your decision. Give us his phone number, and we'll call him <laughs> and troll him. We won't we won't say it's it's because of you. We'll just we'll just troll him for our. We'll own surprise time. bitch him. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry, what's your name again? Speaking of that, it's time for surprise, 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 surprise bitch. Matt, pick a number. Between, Between one and four forty-one, uh, three twenty-two. Wow, with such conviction. That's yeah, the date. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I get it now. Come on, Arissa, don't Marissa. let me down, girl. 
Your call has been forwarded oh to an automated God. voice right, well, messaging system. Her. Five, one, seven, eight, nine is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Yo, surprise, bitch. It's Millennial. We're, we're calling you from our live episode in Cuba. We're talking with Obama about Merrick Garland for the Supreme Court. Um, we're also talking about the $10 bill, the new $10 bill, and uh, we're live tweeting it with Obama. We're doing all that in one. So you're mm-hmm. missing out on an exciting episode. We, we're going to give you free tickets to SeaWorld. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, so where uh, are you from, Marissa? So what's really special about where you live? What is one thing about it that a lot of people don't know? All right. Thanks for your support. Bye. She wow. was nice. That was an exciting installment of Surprise Bitch. She was great. Mm-hmm. Hey, have you guys heard about Batman versus Superman? Yes, well, I have it, heard of it. I mean, it, kind of. It finally hits theaters this Friday. Just before we started recording, the embargo lifted, so all the critics are posting their reviews, and they're not good. Was it? Was there really any? Was there really any question? Yeah, oh, the trailer. Well, I guess shitty. hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I mean the trailers have been weird. The everybody's been a little nervous. Zack Snyder, personally, I'm not really a big fan of. I thought Man of Steel was fine, but anyway, yeah, the reviews are pretty bad, which is kind of a disappointment. I mean, we've been looking forward to this for three years. Have we though? I'm like, still have we it. been waiting for this? Uh, Batman and Superman in one movie. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, but. Mm. Not this Batman, not this Superman. I don't know. I'm not really very, very educated on the DC comic world or anything, but uh, I just, I, I really just did not care for Man of Steel. I thought it was boring. Well, your brother and, saw Dawn of Justice, didn't he like he, it? Oh yeah, he's, but yeah, but he, lo- he he loves everything. He actually loves DC movies more than Marvel, so I guess, mm-hmm. I just don't know. Like he, he texted me this morning like, Ben Affleck is Batman. I've heard good reviews about Ben Affleck. So I hear he shaves his chest. What the fuck was that about? That part may be right. That's so sad. Okay, well, to send us out today, we are going to be playing Wait For It from Hamilton the Musical. Very appropriate choice. Yeah, I love the song. And like Laura mentioned, we're going to be talking more about uh, PC culture as we started in our last After Dark. Really good After Dark installments, by the way. We've been doing some really interesting ones lately, so I'm excited Mm -hmm. to do this one. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Elisa. We'll see everybody next week for episode 12. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, guys. Still lying by me